0: So we have come to the place in Chapter twelve, where Jesus is referring and talking to his disciples. Uh, remember it started back at the beginning of chapter twelve. He started talking to them, He calls his disciples together there 's so many of them that people are stepping on one another. when he gets them all together, and he, he begins to talk to them and encourage them and talk to them about how to be better disciples. Remember, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Remember that Everything will eventually come into the light. Nothing hidden is going to stay that way. It's all going to come out into the into the clear light of day. And don't worry about those who can only kill your body, but can't do anything to you once you're already dead. Fear God, who not only can kill your body, but can cast you headlong into eternal punishment. That's who you should really fear. Um, be on your guard against greed. Greed will come, and like the plant that, you know, the four seeds, the third seed, the cares and affairs of this life sprung up and choked it out like weeds. Be be careful about that. Be careful about being like the rich guy. Remember, he got huge barns, he, he, a big crop, and he said, I know what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger. It's like, watch out. Life is short. Having that intention of only taking care of yourself and not being rich towards God is is going to be a problem. And then he goes on and says, I don't want you to worry. Don't worry about where things are going to come from. It's okay. God is going to take care of you. I mean, God feeds the birds of the field. God clothes the grass with beautiful little flowers and all kinds of things grow up into that. Your father knows what you have need of. You don't need to be obsessed by that. Serve the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will fall into their right place and will be added unto you. Seek the kingdom of God first. Sell some of the stuff you've got even and and send it on ahead. Make sure that you've got plenty of treasure in heaven. And then we get to today's passage, which continues this theme of how to be properly motivated to serve God. God doesn't, I mean, he could just tell us, look, if you don't obey, I'm going to make your life miserable. God could say that. He doesn't say that. That's not what this passage says at all. This passage continuously pulls us to serve God by his love for us, his mercy on us, his compassion towards us. God is constantly trying to pull us with his love to serve him. And so he continues on. Here's one more reason why we ought to serve God. Be, Luke 12, 35, be dressed in readiness. Keep your lamp lit. Be like men who are waiting for their master when he returns from the wedding feast, so that they may immediately open the door to him when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master will find on the alert when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will gird himself to serve and have them recline at the table and will come up and wait on them, whether he comes in the second watch or even in the third And finds them so blessed are those slaves. Be sure of this that if the head of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have allowed his house to be broken into. You too be ready, for the Son of Man is coming, and an hour you do not expect. Now, when is Jesus going to come back? It's a question that kind of occupies our minds on various occasions, some folks more than others. Um, we should think carefully about when Jesus is going to come back, but we should also recognize that we don't know exactly when that's going to be. I, I don't know about you, but I've heard my whole life sermons that, you know, Jesus is going to come back anytime now. I mean, surely by, you know... And, and there, I don't know about do any of you remember the, the stickers on the back of the stop signs. You remember the stickers on the back of the big red stickers got stuck on stop signs all over everywhere. And I don't even remember now what date it was, some crazy date out there that Jesus was absolutely going to come back on that date. Every once in a while, someone will show up, you know, and they'll get looking at Daniel and they'll get looking at. The date of rebuilding the wall and the 70 weeks and then they'll get out there to Jerusalem and looking at the nation of Israel becoming a nation in a day back there in 1948 and they'll who knows what. You know, they'll start doing math and 666 and that and they'll come up with some date. This is it. Jesus is coming back. And they'll get out there and declare it. Well, you know, here we are, right? Now here's what I do know. I'll guarantee you this, Jesus is one day closer to coming back today than he was yesterday. No doubt about it. And the fact is, we, the passage is clear we should be ready. Be ready, but also be careful. I remember when I was a freshman in college, I attended this college where they had a, it was probably... I don't know, eight or nine hundred of us, I guess. I, I can't remember, but lots. And we had this big building, and it was up north. And along one edge of this building, the guy spoke to us in the spring, and along one edge of this building, uh, it snowed a lot, and it was in the spring, so a lot of snow had gathered up on the roof, and it had come down on the edge of the roof. And if you know anything about roofs and weather warming and cooling up north, you can get a huge ice flow up there. So... Nobody really thought much about it, but it, was, it would be like, you know, right along the side here. Maybe this side, since it's on the outside. And he was up there talking about the coming of Jesus. And it was, again, one of those, you know, Jesus is coming back any day now. And he built to a great crescendo, and Jesus might even come today, and pounded the pulpit. And this whole side of all that ice just came rumbling. That had to be a foot thick and eighty feet long i mean it was it was a big thing of ice and it came rumbling down and rolled off the end and you know it wasn't anything he planned it was just and i mean it just sent chills up your spine you know surely that's a sign jesus is going to come back you know how long ago was that Uh, you know it's embarrassing to say how long ago that was that was in the 70s just you know that's how long ago that was but surely any day now jesus is going to come back now Jesus is going to come back any day now. And in fact, today is very likely. You do look at our world and think, man, how much longer can we keep going like this? But it is important to recognize, and I know, I know you hate to hear me say this, but God is not an American. Oh, I know, I know you can't imagine I said that, right? And what our elections do, and who we do or don't have an office, and well, that doesn't end the plan of God. We do not appear in prophecy. So sorry to say that. Uh, I know for a fact you can turn on the radio probably this very afternoon. You'll be able to turn on the radio and probably hear someone on the radio who's got a newspaper and put in front of them is going to start reading it and talking to you about how this shows that Jesus is coming back any day now. Um i 've literally been hearing that my whole life now Jesus is coming back, and eventually even a broken clock is right. you know eventually Jesus will come back, and the guy reading the newspaper who said you know this and that, and trying to connect the dots, Scripture has nothing to say about america we 're not in there. We do not appear in the pages of prophecy. If you want to look at Things that might give you some concern about whether or not Jesus is coming back soon. You might want to look at Persia and Israel, and of course, Persia would be Iran. You want to start staring at Persia over there, the Iranians, and you want to start looking at Israel. That might cause you to start thinking about how this could all unwind pretty quick here, particularly if both of them end up with nuclear weapons. That could that could precipitate the soon return of Christ. Um, I don't know where we go. I don't know what happens to this nation. I don't. I know that many great nations have risen and fallen. Many. Uh, we are a great nation at the moment. That's not to say we're going to be in 20 years, 50 years. It's, you know, so we need to be careful about that. What we need to do is come back to the scriptures. When Jesus spoke to his disciples, first of all, we... You have to be clear, they, they're not even aware of the first going of Jesus. That they, they have barely put that together. They don't think he's even going to die. That's going to be a mystery to them. Forget coming back. But he's going to talk to them about the fact that he's going to come back. And they, this will come back to them like it's clearly clear to us. Jesus is coming back. And so he's going to tell us what to do and to be ready. And the fact is, it could be today. And it's perfectly legitimate and reasonable to conclude that it could be today. It could be tomorrow. It could be a hundred years from now. I, when Jesus returns, everything changes. Nothing is ever going to be the same again. So this is not something you want to think about because, well, I don't know, I've got this big event going tomorrow that I, you know, the IRS is auditing me, or or uh, who knows what, you know, I've I've got some horrible thing coming and man, I sure hope Jesus comes before that. Okay, this is not that kind of an event. Okay, all right. This is this is a literal world transforming event. The gospel. I want to think about preaching it now. I don't know about you, I have grandkids. I'd actually like to see my grandkids grow up. I'd like to, you know, there's... God is doing great things in this world at the moment. The gospel is continuing to prosper and to spread. And sure, it would be great if Jesus came back, but, you know, it would be okay if he didn't too, right? I mean, don't you have plans? Don't you have things that you're doing? Don't you have things you're trying to get accomplished for the kingdom of God? And while you're doing those things, be ready at any moment for Jesus to come back. That doesn't mean you're not doing for the kingdom of God. So here's what he says to them. In the pursuit of accomplishing the things that God has given you to do, Luke 12, 35. Be dressed in readiness. Basically, gird up your loins. Remember, in the ancient world, everyone wore robes. Not just, not just the ladies. Everybody wore robes. So if you're going to get anything done, if you're going to get any work done, if you're going to really start you know, get stuff going, the first thing you've got to do is you're going to gather up your robe and you know cinch it up. So it doesn't get in the way. You've got to be able to get things going. When it came time for the children of Israel to walk out of Egypt, and they were going to eat the Passover, Moses says to them in Exodus, Now you shall eat it in this manner, with your loins girded. Meaning what? Well, you're ready. You're prepared at a moment's notice. As soon as God says march, you're ready to march. As soon as God says it's time to go, let's go. That's how we should be about the second coming of Christ. This is an event that, if it happened this afternoon, great. If it happened before this sermon's done, wonderful. I mean, we should be ready at any moment. Basically, we should not live our lives like, ah, well, I don't know, you know, Jesus isn't coming back, so let's just go do whatever we want. (laughs) We'll get to that in a minute. Be very careful about that. We should be ready for the coming of Christ at any moment. Paul will tell the church at Ephesus, have your having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and, you know, all of the armor of God, gird your loins, be prepared, be ready, be ready to stand firm. Peter will write, therefore prepare your minds for action. Same kind of thing. Be sober in spirit, fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Be prepared, be ready, act every day like Jesus could come today. It's an amazing question to ask yourself. Imagine that God whispered to you, I'm coming back tomorrow at this time. What would you do? Would there be some major transformation in your life? Would there be like, oh man, if Jesus is coming back tomorrow, I better get out. Okay, whatever, however you fill in that blank, let me tell you, you might want to get at that. I mean, whatever that thing is. Whatever your mind filled that blank with. Oh, I either better, maybe your mind filled with I better stop doing. Okay, however you fill in that blank. Well, let me tell you, Jesus could come tomorrow. And whatever it is you think you ought to be doing, do it. This is the moment to do it. Keep your lamp lit. Uh, you recall the illustration that he gives about the ten virgins, five of them, and there was the wedding feast, and when the bridegroom came, five of the virgins had set aside their oil and were ready to light their lamps, and the other foolish had burnt their oil out, and when, hey, the bridegroom is coming, like, we don't have any oil. Well, my sorry, it's midnight, go buy some. You know, I don't know what you've been doing with your oil, I don't know how you've been taking care of it, but... You should have been ready, and we're not giving you ours. And of course, when they do finally show up, the door is closed, and it's like, sorry. You needed to come in with a wedding party, and you didn't come in with a wedding party. We are constantly encouraged to work for the night is coming when no one can work. Don't walk around in the dark. Walk around in the light. Make sure your lamp is ready to be lit at a moment's notice. Verse thirty six: Be like men who are waiting for their master when he returns from the wedding feast. This would be just like the ten virgins, so that they immediately open the door to him when he comes and knocks. Jesus is going to come back, and it's going to be like he's. I'm standing at the door knocking, and when you hear the knock, you want to be ready. This is not the moment that. What happens is, the good man says, "I'm going to a wedding feast." How long are you going to be gone? Who knows? You know how these weddings are. This could take, I could be there a week. I could be there 10 days. That's the problem with Jewish weddings or the greatness of them, depending on your view of those kinds of things. Uh, They go on for days, days and days. It's hard to say exactly when it's all going to end, but I'm going and I'll be back. Woo-hoo, he's gone. Okay, you know, the guy in no the center walks away, and, and, and what do the servants do? Man, it's about time. Huh? Let's, let's have a party of our own, you know. Let, whatever my job is, I'm done doing it. That's it. I, if my job was keeping this place clean, let me tell you, it's going gonna, it's gonna to look like a disaster real quick because I am not doing that job anymore. And, and don't worry, we'll, we'll get it all fixed up before he gets back. That is exactly what he's talking about. Don't do that. Because the fact is that he's going to come back. And when he comes back and knocks on the door, you want to be ready. You don't want to be who knows where. Who knows where you went. You're somewhere in the back of the house doing who knows what. And he's out there pounding on the door. And there's no servants around because no one's paying any attention anyway. And when he finally gets the door open, the place is a disaster. It's a mess and nobody's done their job. Okay, that is not who you want to be. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Be like those who continue to do exactly what they're supposed to do, who carry out exactly what they're supposed to carry out, who are being responsible and are just waiting. And when the moment he knocks on the door, we just open it. And the place looks great and we're doing our jobs and everything's, we're, we're carrying out our responsibilities. The fact that Jesus hasn't come in 2,000 years should make us more driven to be faithful to God, not less. This is not the moment like the skeptics, to say, well, where is the sign of his coming? I mean, come on. If he hasn't come in 2,000 years, he's never coming. That should not be us. Got 2,000 years, I mean, it's closer than ever. This is the moment that we should really be doing this. And again, the motivation here, Jesus states it plainly. Blessed are those slaves whom the master will find on the alert when he comes. This is, this is Jesus emphasizing the great blessings available to the faithful. Be faithful, and God will pour out blessings on you. He's not saying, man, am we going to wail on those folks who weren't paying attention. Okay, that, that's not where Jesus is. That's not the motivation he's giving. He's, he's putting out there that if we will simply be faithful, God is more than happy to greatly Bless us. Blessed are those who pay attention. Blessed are those who are working on being on the alert. And of course, you can this admonition to be on the alert, it's all over the place, Matthew. Therefore, be on the alert, for you do not know which day your Lord is coming. That's Matthew 24. Matthew 25, be on the alert, for you do not know the day or the hour. Matthew 26, keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. Watch, be aware, be on the alert. You just don't know when these events are going to come to pass. Paul will write to uh, in Acts. Therefore, be on the alert, remembering that night and day for a period of three years. I didn't cease to admonish each one of you with tears. He'll write to the church at Corinth in chapter 16. Be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Why? Because... Our adversary, like a lion, the devil, wanders about roaring, seeking whom he may devour. Be on the alert. Pay attention. We may think that, uh, you know, this world is just going to go on and on and on. Oh, no. No, be sober. Be alert. Your adversary, the devil, wanders around seeking to devour those who are not on the alert, those who let down their guard, those who are like, well... God's never going to see this. And then proceed to do who in the world knows what it is they're doing. Anything you do after God is not going to be seeing this is don't do it. Whatever that is, don't do it. He goes on and says, truly I say to you, this, this is true. This is Jesus. Truly I say to you, he will gird himself to serve. And have them recline at the table. And will come up and will wait on them. If we're paying attention, if we are on the alert, if we are thinking at any moment, Jesus could come back and living like we actually believe that. Striving to do the things that God would have us do on a daily basis. Not out of threat, but out of love, out of gratitude. I get to serve the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I get to be a member of the kingdom of heaven. I can hardly believe it. Who am I that God himself should send his son to die on my behalf? So, of course, I want to know what the Word of God says. Of course, I want to read it, live it, try to be a disciple of Christ. That's exactly who I want to be. Well, guess what? God promises great things. When he returns, if he finds you in that case, he will gird himself and serve you. And if you're not, you should immediately think about, and I hate to steal from future sermons, but we're going to get there shortly, Luke 17 we're only in chapter 12, so you'll probably forget all this by the time we get there. But Luke 17, you didn't have to laugh that hard at that. It's, it's. Luke 17, he says this, uh, the apostle said to him, Lord, increase our faith. It's okay. If you had the faith of a mustard seed, you would say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and be planted in the seed and it would obey you. And then he says this, which is directly applicable to what he just got done saying. Which of you, having a slave plowing or tending sheep, will say to him when he comes in from the field, come immediately and sit down to eat? Is that what you say? Well, no, that's not what you say. Um, but instead, what you say is prepare something for me to eat and properly clothe yourself and serve me while I eat and drink. And afterwards, you may eat and drink. I mean, that's what the master says to the servants. He doesn't thank the slave because he did the thing which were commanded, does he? So you too, when you do all the things which are commanded you, say, we are unworthy slaves. We have done only that which we ought to have done. The illustration, which they would understand completely because they lived in a society in which they had slaves, They would understand that if the master comes home and the slave comes in from doing whatever it is he's doing or she's doing, it's like, go get me something to eat. And when you're done doing that, then you can sit down and eat. And by the way, when you do that, I still don't thank you. Jesus is like, you want me to increase your faith? Here, I'll increase your faith. Do exactly what God asks you to and don't think that you're going to earn some great big thing from that. You're just doing what God expects you to do, which when we get to this passage, we'll See what we can do to expound on that. But when Jesus is speaking about the second coming, note, he completely reverses this. He said, if you are ready, when I come back the next time, I'll tell you right now, I will gird myself, seat you at the table, and I will serve you. And that is, what an amazing motivation to be prepared for the coming of Christ. Be prepared. Be ready. If you've got things in your life that you're doing, you're like, man, I sure hope Jesus doesn't come back while I'm doing this. Stop doing it. Whatever that is, stop doing it. The fact is, Jesus could come in any second. And if he does, it's not the thing you want to be doing. Don't be doing that. Whatever in the world it is, whether he comes in the second shift or the third and finds them so, blessed are those slaves. He could come at at any moment. I mean, what do you do when you're up at 2 in the morning anyway? What are you doing up at 2 in the morning? Are you up at 2 in the morning just sitting around worried? Just worried. Oh, I'm so worried. I'm so frightful. I'm so fearful. I'm worried about I don't know what. Who knows what? I don't want to give you a list. You probably have your own. Okay, really? Get rid of that list. Sit around at 2 in the morning thinking, I wonder if Jesus is going to come back before I wake up. Man, won't it be great when Jesus comes back? I can hardly wait for Jesus to come back. And just sit and think about the coming of Jesus. That's what you should be doing at 2 in the morning. That would be the second watch or the third. I mean, as long as you're up, sit around and think about how Jesus could come back at any moment. And that bright light is actually not the bathroom. It's Jesus coming back. You know what I mean? Could any moment Jesus come back? That's the thing to think about at 2 in the morning. Don't be up at two in the morning doing stuff you hope no one knows you're doing. Because God is watching even at two in the morning. Don't be doing that. This is the moment to be serving God. And he says, be sure of this. If the head of the household, now he's talking here about secular, unsaved, just the world, he's talking about them. They have good sense. Do we? This is what he's getting at here. Surely, be sure of this. If the head of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have allowed his house to be broken into. Even the world has sense enough to prepare, and if they know that a bad event is going to come to pass, well, they're trying to prevent it. Okay, don't we have that sense? Don't we have sense enough to know that Jesus has come back at any moment? This is not the moment to be doing things and thinking, well, I hope Jesus doesn't notice. Shouldn't we rather be like, even so, come Lord Jesus. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Wouldn't it be great if it was today? It'd just be great. We're ready. We're prepared. And by the way, even if Jesus doesn't come to you, you may very well go to him. So you you might just as well be prepared, right? There's no saying any of us are going to see the sunrise tomorrow. I hope we do, I hope we all do, but there's no guarantee we're going to. So be ready. Why? Because if you're ready, the blessings of God are just gonna be poured out on you. Even the world has sense enough to prepare for a coming potential difficulty. If the good man had known that the thief was going to break into his house and take his stuff, I I mean, he, he wouldn't have allowed that. Well, we know that Jesus is coming back, so are we going to allow all your rewards to go out the window? Don't do that. Don't do that. Prepared. Verse 40, so you too, be ready, for the Son of Man is coming in an hour that you don't expect. Which, of course, is the whole problem with people predicting. We've got all kinds of prophecy about when Jesus is going to come back, but, but we don't know exactly When? So when we start looking at the signs of the times, I, again, back in my back in my youth, the European Union. Now that was made up of thirteen countries, and in Sweden they had a computer they called the Beast, and Ronald Wilson Reagan is six six six, and you know I mean on and on you go. Like, okay, that's all kind of... And, of course, here we are. It's now 2021. and Your President Reagan's long gone, and the European Union is, you know, over there. England just pulled out of it. You know what I mean? It's like, be careful about reading the newspaper and somehow think that you're watching prophecy fulfilled. Be careful about that. Be very careful about that. Be prepared today. Any day, Every day. Anytime, Jesus would come back. Don't worry when the prophecies get fulfilled, and they will get fulfilled. We probably won't really see it anyway. I mean, we won't recognize it. It'll happen right in front of our very eyes, and we'll be like, oh, oh, is that what? It won't surprise me a bit. That's often how prophecy tends to go for the people who live in the midst of the prophecies. God looks at them and tells them, and they're like, really? No, is that right? So don't be surprised that when it happens, you're surprised. Jesus says, I'm going to come in an hour you don't expect. And this is to people he just got done talking to him, and he will continue to talk to them about the signs that will accompany his arrival. And he still says to them, I'll arrive at a time you don't expect. Jesus will be asked this on any number of occasions. So when are you coming back? A lengthy explanation, Matthew 24. Of the day and the hour, no one knows. Not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son. Jesus says, I don't know. Father alone. Why wouldn't Jesus know when he was coming back? Well, in the Jewish tradition, you go to the girl and you ask her she'll marry you. For the record, you sit down at a table with two cups of wine. She's got a cup. You've got a cup. You put forward your marriage proposal as to, you know, how you're going to get this thing to all work in her behalf. If you convince her, she drinks the wine, you drink the wine, there's the covenant. You're now engaged. Man, let's get at it. Oh, no. Nope. Hold on. Before the wedding, got to go talk to dad. Dad says, all right, look, I know. I know you want to grab the girl, but not yet. Here's what you got to do. You have got to, you're not living with us. You need to go get a house. You need to go build your house. Let's get this thing built. Let's, you go get going on that house. And when the moment comes that the house is ready, which, by the way, as the father, I'll let you know when the house is ready. You just stay at it. Uh, when the house is ready, then you can go get the girl because let's face it, if you left it up to the guy, you know, slap up a tar paper shack, man, let's go. Uh, No, 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 this has got to be prepared. So when Jesus says, only the father knows, he's, why? Because the people of God are the bride. We are the bride of Christ. And yes, yes, the covenant has been made in his blood. The new covenant has been made. But when he comes back, That's what he says. The day and the hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but the father alone. Only the father knows. I mean, it's not that Jesus wasn't omniscient, but he's saying, look, my job is the bridegroom. I am the bridegroom. You're the bride. And I don't know when the exact moment is when I'm going to go back. And by the way, traditional Jewish wedding, when the moment came, which we've already seen, you would do it at night. You would light the lamps, you would have this procession that would go through the town, the marriage procession, where the bridegroom would bring the groomsmen and all of his wedding party, and they would make their way to the bride's house. And as it were, kind of carry her off into the night, kind of steal her away. You'd show up. There might even be, you know, a mock fight as her brothers defended her honor. But in the end, you took her away, and then you went to the, Everybody went to the wedding feast, and everybody lit their lamps, and you went to the wedding feast, and it would last a week, ten days of festivities because you got married. It's great. It's hard not to hear that and think, man, I think we're missing something here. I, you know. I, a bad way to go about doing it. So this is the tradition and Jesus understands it. They understand it. And so when he said to them, look, even I don't know the day and the hour, they're like, I am. Yeah, that would make sense. You're the bridegroom and it's your father who's going to know. He goes on and says here in Matthew 24, the coming of the Son of Man would be just like the days of Noah. For in those days, before the flood came, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they didn't understand it until the flood came and took them all away. So will the coming of the Son of Man be. So if you're thinking that there's going to be some big signs, that we're going to somehow see something. Okay, the problem with the whole Noah flood thing is that the whole world just, I don't don't know, got some loony bin over there building some big boat. It doesn't even rain. I I don't know what's wrong with the guy. And they just kind of went on with their lives. Okay, the coming of the Son of Man is in many regards, going to be exactly like that. People are just going to be doing their lives. So if you're waiting and you're looking, and you're thinking, oh, this major, big, huge event has occurred. Therefore, Jesus must be coming. Well, Jesus says it's like the days of Noah. The world is actually just oblivious and just kind of going on and doing their things. Of course, the wise and foolish virgins, right? The exact same thing. The guy who goes on the journey, you know, and tells his slaves, I'm going, and he gives to them um, each. You know, one guy, he gives five talents. The other guy, he gives two talents. The other guy, he gives one talent. says, I'll be back. And of course, it's a long time before he comes back. And the guy with five made five more, and the guy with two made two more, and the guy with one said, uh, you know, I just hid your talent. Because I know who you were. You were the guy who collected stuff where you didn't do any work. So don't look for me to work for your talent. I'm not... I'm not working on your behalf. I just buried the thing and here you go. Oh, well, all right. Out of your own mouth, we will condemn you. You, you, bad. That's a bad thing to do. Whatever gifts God has given you, use your gifts. Use the talents God has given you to further the kingdom and the church. So, what God is doing is building the church. Use your gifts, use your talents, use your energies. Help God build the church. That's what we're here for. That's why we're here. So do that. And while you're doing that, be ready. You should do that because Jesus could come back today. He could come back tomorrow. He can come back any day. So be ready every day. And study prophecy. Sure, it's, you know, it's, it's good. Read Revelation. By all means, it's a great book. It, it promises a blessing to those who read it. You look at the nation of Israel. Is this the regathering of Israel that's prophesied? Is, is this really it? Um, it might be. It might be. It might not be. They might be driven back into the sea and, and just scatter once again and maybe another thousand years before Jesus comes back. I don't think so, but it wouldn't affect my theology if that's what happened. If the nation of Israel was suddenly disbanded, and they were once again scattered across the face of the earth. I would not have any theological crisis about that. I think the events as they appear in Revelation could occur in very, very quickly. No time flat. So there's nothing standing between this moment and Jesus coming. The next moment. Nothing. Whether Israel is arisen in the land. Whether the nations are at war or at peace. It, there's no signs. There's nothing. Here's the key. Be ready every single day. Be ready. Gird your loins. Make sure your lamp can be lit. Make sure that if Jesus were to arrive today, he'd find you waiting. Just waiting. Just looking forward to the revelation of Jesus. And happily looking forward to, oh Lord, even today, wouldn't it just be great if Jesus came today? That's who we should be. And living, living like that. Let's pray. Lord, we are thankful for your word, and we know that you are faithful. We know that just as certainly as you came the first time, you will come again. May we be ready. May we lead lives in such a way that if it were today, we'd be happy to see you. Help us, Lord, to have the stability, the maturity, the determination to Lead lives that are pleasing to you each and every day. Knowing that, of course, it's a challenge. It's a struggle. We have to crucify ourselves daily, but may we strive to do so. Thank you, Lord, that you are coming back. This crazy, sin-cursed world will not go on forever. You will bring an end to it. So, Lord, may we look forward to that day. Use our lives in the meantime. May we faithfully serve you Great joy, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.